Hey, this is David Perkins, pastor of Radiant Church. Thanks so much for checking out our podcast. I hope and I pray that the content helps you grow as a follower of Jesus. We'd love to see you at one of our services on Sundays or maybe at our Bold Conference this summer. Remember this, those who look to Him are radiant. have your Bibles. Let's go Acts chapter 20. And we've been in this series where the vision is, in Acts, uh, there's this huge emphasis, and we kind of called our theme verse, Acts 1-8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. With the vision being that we want others, we want to be witnesses in the summer of 2020 when our temptation is to have our eyes on us. And so we've been looking at some of the different themes that run throughout Acts. And so we took the first week and talked about the power of God and supernatural power taking place in the early church and how we see miracles and God at work and power. Then then we took a week out of Acts 2 and we talked about unity. We talked about the church being unified. We talked about boldness, Acts 4. And, And when they had prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they all began to speak the word of God boldly. We talked about that a prayer for boldness, which was the first prayer of the early church, is ultimately not a prayer for self, but a prayer for others. That when we act in boldness, it's actually making a difference in other people. And so a prayer for personal boldness is actually a part of the becoming witnesses. And we talked about boldness. We talked about obedience. And that was a message about Ananias, who kind of seems like has this small role, meaning there's only one time that we see him step onto the stage in Scripture And yet he has such a pivotal role and all of us doing our part, being obedient to what Jesus tells us to do is the key. And so we talked about Ananias and obedience, Acts 9. Last week we did Acts 16, uh, the great story of Paul and Silas in the prison where they praise in prison, where they sing in the stocks. And we talked about joy in the midst of hardship. Today I want to talk about service, talk about serving. In Acts chapter 20, it's a great story of Pastor Paul making the transition where he's going from Ephesus to Jerusalem. And he gives us a window of his heart. And I want to camp the whole time today in these three verses. Here we go. It says this, And now, compelled by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city, <laughs> every city, the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. Wow, there you go. Every city. Hardships, bless God, welcome to church. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. Oh, my life worth nothing to me. It's gonna be a good day. My only aim, so not multiple aims, I got one. My only, that's in one aim, is to finish the race and complete the task that the Lord Jesus has given me. Then he clarifies it. He knows his win. He knows how he wins his race. The task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. Father, in Jesus' name, we ask that the word of God would come alive in each one of us today. God, I pray, Lord, that each one of us would fulfill the task you have on our lives. I ask that each of us would step into what you have for us so that we can fulfill the task you have for Radiant Church in Kansas City. We ask, Lord Jesus, that you would help us to have you be our only aim. We pray that you would stir us. We pray that we'd be compelled. We pray that you would be at work in us in a fresh way today. In Jesus' name, amen. Context here is where Paul is leaving, and he's headed to Jerusalem. And if you read down verse 36 and verse 37, these people in Ephesus are literally on their knees 
and they're kissing him, hugging him, crying like he's invested his life in them. And now he's going to move on. Easy to stay, hard to go, but compelled to go. So he's going to go. He's going to continue his mission, what God's called him to do. I grew up as a pastor's kid. And so my dad is a pastor. And we made transitions when I was a kid. And in 1989, we moved from Moscow, Idaho to Oklahoma City. And I'll never forget the Sunday where we were saying bye. And it was shocking because it was such a great church. And God had done so much. And yet... My dad felt compelled. It's time for us to take this new mission, this new calling. And people cried and threw parties and prayed. It was sad. And on the last Sunday, whenever a pastor's like moving on, they'll kind of give like, kind of like their, their core message. They'll kind of give who they are. And you find that with Paul right here. He's giving what's in his core. In fact, when it comes to ending his race, and we read in 2 Timothy where it's at the end and he's writing to Timothy, Second Timothy is the last, the last thing we hear from Paul, and he's still using this language. Uh, you, and you know it. It's so familiar to us. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I've kept the faith. And so it's in him. Like, this is a core message. This is, right? If you were to kind of drill down into his heart, this is who he is. And when I read this, it's beautiful, but it's easy for this to feel epic, amazing. But is it even possible for us, 21st century Kansas City, here and now. Meaning, grandiose. I mean, just reading it, it's, I consider my life worth nothing to me. (laughs) Hard. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task that Jesus... So the only thing I want is what Jesus wants. Big statement. I'm willing to go through hardship. I want to, I want to finish the task. Real narrow. I mean, right, right at the core of who he is. I want us to just ask the question, how do we get there? How how on earth do we go from where we're currently at, wherever you're at today? Whatever you're thinking right now, not possible. Please, maybe. I'm all in. I'm hungry, whatever you're thinking. To how do you get there? And even this week as I was creating those videos I was telling you about, uh, I was working on uh, just quoting missionaries, intercessors, people in church history, Bible characters. And so I came across so many kind of famous quotes this week. And so many of them, you could, I think you could feel some of this heart in their statement, in their generation, like Paul had it in his. And I think it's a a strong statement of maturity. This is a very mature, been walking with God a long time kind of statement. But this week in one of the videos that you'll hear in 21 Days, uh, I gave the quote of Count Nicholas Ludwig von Zinzendorf, the German nobleman who led the Moravian missions movement, and where he said, preach the gospel, die, and be forgotten. (laughs) That sounds kind of like this. I consider my life worth nothing to me. I mean, I read about James Calvert who went to the Fiji Islands where there was cannibals and the captain of the ship looked at him and said, don't go, you'll surely die. And he said, I died before I came. Yeah, epic, make a movie about that and put that on your wall. You know, like, wow, like epic type statement. And you just kind of think about your life and my life and you hear about these 
pretty mature, pretty aggressive missionary type stories. Biblical heroes like Paul that say things like this. And our, uh, our family had a family movie night recently where we watched a movie called End of the Spear about the life of Jim Elliott and Nate Saint. And I told you that story a couple weeks ago. And um, I've been just kind of inspired by that story ever since uh, about these missionaries that took their young families, moved to Ecuador with the goal of reaching a people group that didn't know Jesus at all and was famous for violence and spearing people and spent weeks trying to build relationship only to have the moment where they fly in, land on the beach, hoping to make contact and share the gospel with them to have these men speared and killed. And the story doesn't end there though because then the wives go and move. Who in his 20s said this, He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. It's got this depth, this weightiness, this sacrifice, this only Jesus. Preach the gospel, die and be forgotten. Uh, All these mature statements. My vision for this morning is to help us take a step in getting there. How do I get to where I'm mostly ticked at people on the internet to that? How do I get to where I'm afraid about my circumstance and me to I just care about Christ? How, what's the process of getting there? How do I go on a journey? Uh, David, I'd love to be there. And, and you can quote famous missionaries. You can quote the apostle Paul. That's awesome. But I need a track. I need a process. I need a journey. How do I get there? And I think it is possible. I want to give you a little bit of a process right here in Acts 20. Because I think Paul gives us steps of maturity. Almost like like a video game. Multiple rounds where you get better and better as you go. I think that he gives us steps, a process, a journey. Stops along the way to get to where. If we'll follow even just what he said right here in this text to where we can get closer so that you and I can live that out. And it probably looks differently right now than it does in the 19th century, spreading the gospel around the world. Probably looks different than it did in the first century as the gospel was going Jerusalem to Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. I guarantee you in the internet age, information age, living in Kansas City right here, right now, wealthy nation. It's going to look different than it did then, but it's possible. What does it look like now? How could we live it now? How could it be possible for me? What does it look like for me to have something like that over my life? And that's really in me. And that's really at my core. Because if that's in us as a church, like if that's in hundreds of us, whether you're online or you're here, when we start to live that, and each one of us start to carry that out, that makes for a pretty powerful group of people. That makes for a pretty powerful church. And I think you can see it. I think, I think I can see people in our church that you go, surely God is at work. That is not on their own. Like Kyle McIntosh, who loves to lead prayer meetings. He comes to our prayer meeting on Wednesday night, ready to go online with like a list. He's always, he's a little generator of just trying to start more prayer meetings, right? God at work, something's inside of him. There's something that God has done inside of him where, where, you go, surely that's God activity. I, this week, just watching Josh Copeland on Glow Camp, like God did something. He shared his story where God burst something inside of him. And now he's preaching to kids and he's helping them grow in their maturity. I was, <laughs> I was thinking about Jamie Riddle, 
who's teaching our young adults and our kids and doing classes. And she's a phenomenal theologian and teacher. And Renata and I, uh, we, we like to go on walks. It's like we walk often. And the other day we're walking and she's just got like all this Holy Spirit content just like coming out of her like crazy. And I'm just like kind of blown away by it. And I said, where are you getting this? And she said, oh, I eavesdrop into Olivia's class as Olivia listens on her iPhone to Jamie Riddle teaching the teenagers. It's amazing, right? And I just think, wow, here's Jamie. I mean, it's God at work. It's, it's laying my life down. I, I, I want to make a difference. I want to give my time, my energy to help our teenagers get some theology in them. <laughs> like, that's, that's God at work. I was thinking about recording all these videos this week. Took a long period of time. And yet you've got, got people like Sean Yearout and Don Nork. And they're, they're just, they're coming in and they're working cameras. And they're, they're laying their lives down. And they could be doing anything else. And yet there's, there's a narrowing. There's this kind of focused. Now thinking about small groups coming up this fall. Like Spencer and Amy Wicks, who every single semester keep doing their Financial Peace University small group to help people understand giving and biblical principles and help people with their finances. And they just faithfully lay their lives down. I give you those examples to say this. I think that it's easy for us to go, oh, 18th or 19th century radical missions movement or first century, the, the origins of the church of Jesus getting started is for another era. But what does it look like to have this confession in Paul today? I think it's laying your life down for other people. I think it's listening to God and then laying your life down, saying, God, how do you want to use me? Acts 1.8, I need supernatural power to be a witness. God, I want to lay my life down. It's not about my care. It's my only, my only, my only aim. God, I want, I want my only aim. Is I want to do what you call me to do. And I got people that make a lot of money on me or people that ask me or my own interests if I'll do all these other things. But what is the thing? What is the task that you've called me to do? I want, like Paul had that clarity, help me get that clarity. And I see, I see just in this text some inspiration. The first thing that Paul says here is he says, I'm, I'm compelled. I mean, that, right here at the beginning, he says, I'm compelled by the Spirit. So I, the first, I, I was just encouraging you, the first step in your journey of getting to that end is to be compelled. Some of you hear that and you go, I'm already compelled. I got, the Holy Spirit is stirring something inside of me that I cannot deny. I just, it is something that is God at work. And so my dead heart got a new life in Christ and I'm walking in step with the spirit and I got spirit stuff going on inside of me. I can fill up an hour over coffee telling you about what God has called me to do. It's I'm compelled. And some of you hear that and you go compelled. I don't, I'm not compelled to do anything. I mean, I got compelled. I got things I'm compelled to do for my own well-being. But, but for Jesus, uh, hard, to put my word, hard to put words on. I don't, I don't know. And so I want to encourage you, it's possible to be compelled. Here's how. If you will get close to the Spirit, walk in step with the Spirit, you'll watch how you'll be compelled by the Spirit. Your step is when we go into 21 days of prayer, that's why we love 21 days of prayer right before we go into small groups, because we're not going in flat. 
We're going in with close to God and God's been wooing and God's been breathing. God's been causing people that we tend, all of us, we all tend, I tend to just think about how am I gonna, and then my normal task list and how am I gonna just, and it's easy to leave God out. But man, when you get close to the Holy Spirit and you're walking with God, he actually says, okay, let me give you my agenda. And you start to see how he sees and you start to care how he cares. And so things that normally, you'd only fill up all your time with your dollars, your time, my agenda, my comfort. Let me fill up my life with my hobbies and my future financial goals and my people and my friends and my sports teams. I'm just telling you me. It'd be easy. My stuff, my garage and my yard and my agenda and my trips and me. But when I get close and I'm filled supernaturally with the Holy Spirit and I mean, God taking up residency inside of me and I'm fellowshipping with him, I'm choosing to walk with him. Then all of a sudden you get stirred. Then you start to get compelled. Can't even explain it. You're just, I'm compelled. I don't know why. That's what Paul's saying right here. I'm compelled. And he's going to say, I don't know how it's going to go. I'm going to face hardship. I'm going to face hardship in every city. I know what my task is. I know where this is going, and you can't talk me out of it. I'm compelled. Paul, chill out, bro. Come on, go fishing. Hang out by the sea. You old. <laughs> You've been beaten up a little bit. Ah, I'm compelled. I got good news, though. If you don't feel compelled, it's possible to be compelled. But you got to get close to God. Your next step, I would say if you don't feel compelled, you just feel dry, your next step before you do anything else, is to choose, how can I get close to God? That's why we have 21 days of prayer. My hope is that you'll get a journal, a Bible, a cup of coffee. You don't have to have coffee. Um, you don't have a journal. You don't have to, but just be close to God and just be with him and come out of it like, I, I, I have foregone an hour of news or whatever else, and I've been with God, and after 21 days, I'm closer it's kind of a silly illustration, but if you take this and you just take it right here and just open it, it's flat. Everything's normal, right? But if I were to just take this over here and just take this over to Dan and Jan and just shake this up a little bit, right? And get this. How many of you think I'm too mature to just open this up on them. I mean, Dan and Jan, they're a faithful saints. They've been married 50 years. I mean, that's a real youth pastor thing to do, David. I, I'm not, yes, I, no, yeah, no, right? Here, <laughs> yeah, here's my point. If I were to open up now, I mean, it's, it's stirred up. It's, it's ready to burst. And when you get close to God, spend time with him, there are people, I mean, there are people that right now that I talked to this week, they're compelled. Oh, the Holy Spirit has got a hold of them. I was talking to a guy this week. He's uh, 40. And he was sitting in my car and just, just like nonstop giving me vision for marriages right now. And he was just talking about the need. The, and he was talking specifically about in COVID-19 and all the breakdown and you could just, and he was talking about he himself was starting a new ministry to help marriages and you could just feel it. It was alive inside of him. It was just, he's compelled. Why? And it's not even for himself. He's just focused. I gotta, I gotta help some people with marriages. I was talking to another guy this week. We're sitting at Panera and, uh, which two guys at Panera, I mean, that's awkward. And so, uh, <laughs> sorry, confession. And so, uh, 
I mean, he differs like a certain guy at Jack Stack. But anyway, so I'm sitting with a dude at Panera and we're talking and he's just like buzzing about the need right now in this season to reach high school young men. And he just starts quoting to me about what's going on and giving me the details about not having the social life they normally have, all the dangers online for them with immorality. And this guy is just, he can't stop talking about the need to reach high school boys right now in him. I was talking to another guy and he started talking to me about this vision about right now, house small groups where people are praying for physical healing and how we need boldness. And he was moved by that whole idea out of Acts 4, that after they had prayed, there was boldness and that we're not bold right now, we're weak and we need prayer. He was talking about prayer and presence in houses. He was just, I mean, these guys, they just, they, I mean, they've been, and you talk to some people and they're like, I don't know, but there's some, they're walking in step of the spirit. You got, and they're compelled. So if you say, hey, I am just flat. I am, I got, I got good news for you. There's a step you can take. You get close to the spirit. You get close to, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be close and you'll watch God work supernaturally. You'll just, you go, I can't explain it. It just, I'm compelled. I, I felt that in the middle of this season when we were in the middle of quarantine. Uh, Renata and I were on a walk and just talking about the whole dynamics with Bold Conference and, you know, we were assuming that we would just cancel it because um, obviously we're in quarantine and, and we just started talking about what if we just took it online? And I mean, I don't know how to explain it, but I just could feel it. Like I was just starting to, I mean, I, it was just like, I knew like this was, it was just, it was alive. I, could, I couldn't, I, I, it wasn't logical. And at that point, I didn't know of anybody that had tried to do an online conference. I just knew, I just saw things cancel, cancel, cancel. And so I thought, man, I'm gonna take this to my teenage boy and ask him what he thinks. So I asked 15-year-old Doss, what do you think? And Dawson is the hero of every story I've ever told until today. Because he looked back at me, kind of looked down on me and said, uh, that's the dumbest idea, Dad, that won't work. Not gonna work. But you know what? The more, I just couldn't shake it. I just, I, I, and I, I could see it and I could just, I could feel it. And so we just, we went for it. And I'm glad we did because over 2,000 kids joined us. 18 kids gave their life to Jesus. And you know, it's just that little, I'm compelled. Some guys say, I'm, I'm compelled about this marriage small group. I'm My point is this, you get close to God and God goes, I've got an agenda. My agenda is I have invited, called, commanded you to be witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and in all Samaria and to the ends of the earth. I've got an agenda. Your temptation is to make your life all about you, but every time that you align your heart with God, it ends up being about those who are lost and those who are hurting. And so he'll start to put something inside your heart and it'll cost you your time, your influence and your resources every time. It always is costly. And then Paul adds this. Not only do we get this statement where he says, uh, I'm compelled, but then he goes into not knowing what will happen to me. And I love this because we're on the journey. We got the journey where we want our only task, our only desire, our only aim is to finish the task. You start off and I'm telling you, the task number one, I'm gonna get that stirring inside of me. How do I get that? It's prayer. That's why we're doing 21 days of prayer. But that next step is he says, and to be honest with you, I have no idea what's gonna happen to me. And this is always the way that it is with God. 
Have you noticed that? We hate that. You know why? Because we live in the information age and we know how to get information on everything. We can get all the information we want on finance, on real estate, on nutrition, on every. I mean, it's, we, we, we know how to get all the details if we'll just research it. So especially in a wealthy information age, give me them details, baby. Let me know the plan. And here Paul says, I don't even know how it's going to turn out. Oh, and God loves that. It is a biblical narrative all the way through. It's a norm. You find it. Hey, Moses, I want you to get those people out of Egypt. No details. You'll figure out the Red Sea once you get there. Not telling you how it's going to happen. Hey, Moses, yeah, uh, there's a promise I'm going to take care of you. But he doesn't get details. Abraham, go to the place I'm going to call you. You're not going to tell me where? Just go. Great. Yeah, uncertainty. It always follows being compelled. I'm compelled. I don't know why I care about... I'm 40 years old and I care about all these marriages. I don't know why I'm 30 years old and I want to preach to kids. I don't know why, but I know that I'm with God. And when I'm with God, this is starting to stir in me. I'm starting to feel the supernatural compelling. So it always requires taking a step of faith. And we love details, but God likes faith. We love it when we get the facts. God says, I want you to go on the journey with faith. And so that your step, if, you, if you've got nothing stirring on the inside, man, go deep in being connected with the Holy Spirit. Jump all in with us in 21 days. Get close to God. If you go, hey, I'm compelled. I've been praying. There's something inside of me, but you don't ever take a step of faith. Easy to just be the spiritual person. But God goes, no, 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 I want you to take steps. I want to go, move forward. <laughs> well, I, 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 I figured out. No, 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 no. Go do it. Put feet to your prayers. Become the answer to your prayers. Take a step of faith. You and I have been there. We've been around those devotional people that have a whole lot of insight, but they don't do anything. Sorry, getting too excited here. Right? No, he goes, Paul goes, I, I don't even know what's going to happen, but I got to take a step in this uncertainty. I'm going to go for it. Even though I don't know what's going to happen to me, I have no clue, but I'm going to take that next step of faith. And so Paul goes, compelled, and I'm going to step out in faith. And that's always, so, so I just want to encourage you, when you think about your own journey and your temptation, to just be comfortable and not take a step of faith and figure out a way to just be okay with that. I want you just to know that's, that's the normal journey for everybody. Always take steps of faith. And God smiles on faith. I mean, faith is like God's love language. You step out in faith and there's something. I, I know it's not in Gary Chapman's book, but it, it's that idea. He, he looks at you. He goes, you're willing to step out in faith? I'll, okay, I love that. Come on. We, I mean... You, you, you can go right through the Old Testament and find story after story if that's where, where God works. And I know for me, in this journey of, of church planting, honestly, I, this has been a place of sheer enjoyment for me in this season. Because to be honest with you, I, I didn't really have to step out in faith very often in my first 16 years of ministry. I know that sounds like a... I mean... Confession, a little bit, you know, but not big. But this journey since 2016, this is like 
faith step after faith step. But you know what happens? This Paul, where he's kind of going, but Jesus is my only aim. It's amazing how a percentage of the affection of kind of real estate in your heart kind of goes more towards that future. Jesus is my only aim when you suddenly are compelled by him and now I actually have faith in him and I've seen him be faithful to me in the past and I got faith that he'll do it again. And that faith step is actually enjoyable. I'm just telling you. Now, if, if your only delight is the comforts of this world, you'll, you'll, you won't take steps of faith because it's about you. And so you want intimacy with God as long as he'll just kind of better me because he's a means to my own happiness. Therefore, sure, I'll read, I'll read a book on God. But if you've died to yourself and you say, I don't even, it's not even my own life. I preach the gospel, die and be forgotten like Zinzendorf or what Paul says, my only aim is to finish my race. I just want to finish my task. Then I'm already dead and I actually want to do what he wants me to do and taking steps of faith. And you take steps of faith, just get ready. It'll be challenging and enjoyable at the same time. Spiritually enjoyable always challenging in circumstance. And so Paul, he just goes, oh yeah, he goes, I'm compelled. I have no idea. I don't know what's going to happen to me. And then he goes, but but I love this next phrase. He goes, I only know that in every city, I'm going to face hardship. (laughs) I mean, that's tough. We talked about this all last week. Suffering. Now, I just think it's important for us to get, here's Paul, and he's not like hoping that in some cities they'll go and welcome him in with a parade or a party. He's not every city hardship. And I just want to encourage you, like maybe you got to the place where you're like, David, compelled, stirred, close to God. I got that intimacy with Jesus thing. I've been with God, devotional, I'm with him. And I stepped out in faith and, and, I, and I've seen that God's been faithful. There's been some days where it's been really, really hard, but there's been some days where I've seen God come through and I stepped out of faith. I saw God work even in a supernatural way, but it's hard. I, it, I, I've had, I've been resisted. Well, join Paul. Welcome to the Christian life. And if that's your step right now, I want to encourage you too. Here's your step. Get around more people that are being beaten with rods like you are. Because <laughs> that's the Christian life. I walk closely with him. I take steps of faith. I go through hard times. But I'm in it for him. So if it's hard, it's hard. I'm in it for him. And when that's your step, then what I love is I just love comrades that go, you too? Yeah. It's hard. Like I love hanging out with Will Riddle. Will Riddle planted a church in Boston. Will Riddle has stories about how hard church planting is. So when I come to him and say, this is hard, he goes, well, I've been through harder. And I go, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. I love hanging out with my dad. My dad's 75 and I always like give him thoughts and stuff. And I'll like tell him, yeah, dad, this financial thing or this church government thing or these people. And then he'll tell me a story way harder than my story. And I love it because he's been more miserable than me. Misery loves company. Comrade, yes. Thank you. Ah, I'm telling you, that's one of the great things about small groups is just getting around other believers and say, ah, I'm compelled by God. I stepped out into ministry. I'm doing it. And this is hard. The enemy comes against me all the time. You're like, yeah. 
And, and there's this joy and this, yeah, but it's like Paul and Silas in the stocks. Yeah, but you know, let's, let's sing at midnight. We're together. Paul and Silas, first small group. <laughs> Not really, but silly joke. Anyway, and then finally, I mean, you get to this place. I, th- I, I see them as building on each other. I see it as I start off and I just go from flat to shaking. I can't help it. This is who I am. I need God. God, I take this flat me life and turn it into spirit-filled, walk in step, what you want. I'm shaking up. I want what you want. And usually in the church context, God will give different people something. And all of us walking in unity creates something powerful. And your little yes feels so small and minute. But all of our yeses together, forced to be reckoned with, God at work. And then we take that step of faith. And you go, yeah, but David, I've done that before. And um, all I met was awkward people. And uh, I know, welcome to ministry. No, 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 no. David, I did it before and it was weird. Right. No, I did it before and it was a little boring. I know. Welcome. Ah, but it wasn't like I wanted to be. (laughs) Can you imagine, Paul, if he heard some of our whining? Just like, brah. Beaten with rods. Shipwrecked. Awkward people. Uh, Remember when Paul was so annoyed, he cast the demon out of her because she annoyed him. That's small groups, baby. I'm just telling you. It's just, you just endure hardship. Yes, feed them, love them, be with them. Whether it's kids, junior high, high school, lost athletes, businessmen, motorcycle riders, homeschool moms, Whatever is the place, intercessory prayer from midnight to 2 a.m., whatever, I'm telling you, there's something that when you pray, you go, I am compelled. And other people, just like people look at Paul, they go, that's crazy. I, I'll tell you this. I had when uh, we came to plant here, I, I had, a, I mean, a, like honestly, like a spiritual father in my life look at me and say, you're crazy. Don't do this. I just want to tell you, don't leave your current scenario, drive your family across I-70 and start with nothing. I know that right now, you, I, and I know you talk about the Moravians and so you got big, but listen, this is not a good choice. And man, some of you respect, you just kind of go, I'll pray about it. And then you get, I got with God, God, and I, man, I just, <clears throat> like, just, mm, baby, just, I mean, and I don't even like Pepsi, but just like, oh, <laughs> uh, I will not drink that. I, but I, I'm in a stirred and just like, I can't shake it. I'm compelled. I just, and you'll have that. And then you take your step of faith and then you join Paul, James Calvert, Fiji Islands. You're gonna die. I'm already dead. Here's what I am. I'm a faithful servant. I've already given my life. I just want him. And it is possible to end up in a place where you've got your confession. Looks a little bit like Paul's, but in your language. This is Paul. Paul loves to talk about races. Maybe you don't talk about races. Maybe you finish and you end with like, you know, your statement. I've laid my life down and you've got your way 
I just want to get you to get that resolution. My only aim is to finish the race, complete the task the Lord Jesus has given to me. You'll come alive. There is a purpose on your life. You have a task God has for you. It is more enjoyable to fulfill your task than the American dream. And if you'll just take some of these steps, and we're trying to help you by providing hooks, you know, with small groups and next steps. And, but what we care about is we just want to help you go on the journey because that, that's more enjoyable than anything the world has to offer. Okay, this is silly, but this is how I'm going to conclude. Um, Dan's like, you've already been silly the whole morning. Okay. Uh, no, he didn't really say that. Um, I, uh, I wasn't allowed to watch video games when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. This poor guy. This was a triplet, and um, we, didn't, we didn't have a video console in my house. And um, when I was in the sixth grade, I went over to my friend's house, and he had a Nintendo. They're like, where is this going? And uh, he had this Nintendo, and um, he had one game called Rad Racer. And, uh, you know, I, I know that in that era, it was like Mike Tyson's Punch-Out and Tecmo Bowl were big. But for me, the first big video game was Rad Racer because uh, he fell asleep at about 11 p.m. Um, when the sun came up the next morning, he woke up to me still playing Rad Racer. Yeah. First time I ever stayed up all night. Could you not wait up with, for me one hour and pray? Didn't do that, but I stayed up all night playing video games, right? Like my first memory of all night was a video game. And in Rad Racer, it was a race where you just, the first, round, the first lap, you had to make it one lap around like, like sunset, like a park. And then the second round was like a night, like San Francisco nightlight. And then third round got a little bit harder and you moved on to the Grand Canyon. And then you kept going and by the next round, you were in Europe. And I spent like the whole night just trying to go to the next level. And I wanna encourage you in your race, finish it. Many of us were not even compelled. Nothing's, nothing's even alive in here. And I don't say that in a derogatory way, I have hope. Jesus will give you something to die for. Paul had it. And I think you gotta take your step. I wanna invite you, this next 21 days of prayer, go all in. Watch every video, take the big radiant prayer journal and just be with God for 21 days. Maybe you're like, I, I'm, I'm close to God, but I, I haven't stepped out in faith because fill in the blank. I wanna invite you, lead somewhere. Take a step, go to the next level, take a lap. Some of you, you're like, I'm, I'm compelled, I've let, and I'm facing hardship. Here's what I encourage you to do. Get some friends, get close, invest your life in some people. It's one of the great things about doing life with Nathan Dorensky is we just keep, keep going, just don't quit. You get people in your life like that just like we just it's about the lamb and everybody will try to talk you into something else and look at you and go that's crazy but Paul not even moved here I'm compelled you can't talk him out of it and that's my dream for us my dream for us as we go into the fall 
is that we are not limping out of summer trying to make it in the middle of COVID-19. My dream is that we have been much with God and we got new ideas. We got people making stuff up. Hey, I got a vision. We got digital small groups like we never had before. We didn't even know the word digital small groups and now we got vision and dreams. And Why? It's not gonna come from the leadership team making it up. It's, the vision is right here in these seats. It's just, I see it. You go, I pray and I got blueprints and you're gonna fumble and bumble along the way. It's not gonna be perfect for the first, the first round. You're gonna get beat up a little bit, but you're gonna go, I'd rather be here than chasing the American dream because the Jesus dream always wins. Always. I got this one aim. My one aim is I gotta finish the task and he's got a task for you. You'll actually find more joy in narrowing rather than having a buffet of pleasures that America has to offer when you narrow and fulfill the one thing that Jesus has to offer. Let's stand and pray together. Jesus, we give you our hearts and our lives. We just confess we live in a time where temptation is to have everything be about me. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you'd help us make a difference here in Kansas City. I pray that today, God, those who feel flat, you'd compel those who need faith would walk even in the midst of uncertainty. Those who are tired, feel resisted by the enemy, would feel bonds of friendship with the Holy Spirit and with comrades. And I pray that we would live with Paul's confession in our culture, in our generation, in our pandemic. My only aim is to finish what God has for me. Today, if you're here and you wanna make Jesus the Lord of your life, it's the best decision you could make, but it's dying to yourself. It's saying, not my way, I want Jesus. If you want to be a follower of his, I wanna invite you just to pray this prayer, just you and God, just pray this. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus and I give you my life. Save me and change me. Give me new life in Christ. I give you everything. I don't wanna live for me. I want you. Be my Lord. <laughs>